Hello and welcome to Campfires and Color Wars, a podcast about summer camps and the stories we love to tell about them. Like the time Lee Goldstein convinced Andrea Dorfman to eat an ice cream cone full of lard. I'm Micah Hart, alongside my co-host Judy Becker. Hi Judy. Hi Micah. And for the next 45 minutes or so, we want to press pause on the world we live in and transport back to the days of our adolescence when the school year was just one long rest hour between days at camp. Today's episode, we're happy to be joined by Lindsey Fram, who went to camp with us, actually, at Goldman Union Camp Institute in Zionsville, Indiana, also known as Gucci. Hi, Lindsey. Hi, Micah. Hi, Judy. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome Thanks. aboard. Uh, these days, Lindsey is a professional sex educator working in New York City, for a teen pregnancy prevention program, and she runs her own consulting business, doing workshops and other educational programming for schools. Uh, I think, uh, Lindsay, I feel like we've had a few episodes in uh, to this podcast now, and uh, it's time to talk about sex. I mean, what's the point of talking about summer camp memories if you're not going to talk about sex? Is that incorrect to say? I mean... Uh, no, you're... I mean, what? I don't know what you've been waiting for. Really? I mean, I I tell everybody, right, I think, well, I tell everybody that I, you know, everything I knew about drugs and sex, I learned from camp. So, all the the parents are so happy to hear that. I was gonna say, I I feel like, Lindsay, you say that in a much different way than I would say that. But it's still, I mean, it's, it's true for both of us, but I think in very different ways. Um, but, uh, before we get into that, uh, Judy, anything camp worthy, uh, of discussing in the news? Yeah. Well, uh, on topic for tonight's conversation, this is a, a little bit old news, but I still, I just saw the story and I thought it was really interesting. Um, and you know, a nice story, uh, that there is a camp out there, I think in Massachusetts called Camp Light Bulb, which I've never heard of before. It's uh, a relatively new camp. It was started in 2012. And it's a camp um, specifically for LGBTQ kids from ages 14 to 17. And um, they were in the news because Caitlyn Jenner went and spoke to the kids at camp, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, everybody loves it when they get a celebrity to come visit camp. (laughs) And I'm sure for those kids, that was a pretty awesome experience. So um, you know, good on her and yay for those kids having that experience. I would imagine, uh, we can talk a lot about that, uh, with Lindsay, given, uh, given your professional work. Um, uh, but, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about your camp background. Um, mentioned that we, we all went to Gucci, uh, but not necessarily all together, or at least you and I didn't necessarily go at the same time, uh, or different sessions. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about, uh, about what growing up at Gucci was like for you. Uh, so I started going in 1990, 1991. Is that I mean, right? I think so. Well, and Judy. <laughs> that so, seems late. So, so I'm going to chime in here because, um, Lindsay was at camp with us, but like, to me, it's, it's a little bit more than that because I think I've mentioned on prior episodes, my friend Andrea, who is my good friend at camp and at home. <laughs> And um, Lindsay is Andrea's younger sister and was sort of the closest thing I ever had to a younger sister, both at home and especially at camp where, you know, sort of your friends are your family. Um, So I remember we started going in 1988. So it would make sense if you went in 89 or 90 as your first year, right? Okay, so 89 must have been my first year because... You, Judy, are the reason that I ended up going to camp because you got my sister to go to camp. And then, and I had gone to this other camp that had like, it was like a, a real camp. <laughs> not that not Gucci oh. was like not a real camp. Oh, shots fired. But it had, no, no, no. Well, it had a, it had a lake and it had like horses and stuff. Yeah. And right. So. Yeah. Gucci um, has archery now though, I think. So it's like moving up in the world oh. of camp I think stuff. it's dawned me that Gucci doesn't have a lake. I know. And I've had this conversation with so many people and they're like, well, that's not really a camp. I'm like, well, we had a pool. And then like later on we had two pools and now there's two pools and a water slide. That's so right. like, does that, does that count? Slide? Yeah. There's a water slide oh, now yeah. in the big pool. It's awesome. And a little climbing wall thing, right? Yeah. That was in the there. Pool? Yeah. Maybe. You can like scale <laughs> like up, climbing wall, you know, it's like a little climbing wall. Yeah. Cabins are in the pool. Bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the bathroom has always been in the pool, Micah. 
Uh, let me just interject for a second to say that uh, I'm I'm on vacation uh, with my family in Virginia Beach, uh, and we're with some of my uh, wife's cousins. And he went to tell him a little bit about the podcast. He went to like a sailing camp in Maine, and that was like the main thing. Well, that's pun unintended. Uh, was sail? I mean, obviously sailing, but just all these kinds of outdoor things that just were not a part of our camp experience. And it's like we did what I would consider, you know, normal camp things, going swimming, playing sports, whatever. And but Hebrew was, and oh, Judaism lessons. And yeah, like every camp. Normal sport, normal Hebrew, camps. Learned about Talmud. <laughs> um, but, uh, totally, yeah, totally normal. It's, it was like, I said we had a lake at Jacob's. He's like, but you didn't go sailing on it? I was like, fuck, <laughs> no. You're like, it wasn't that kind of lake? No, it was not. It was <laughs> not the kind of lake that like three-eyed fish would come out of. Like, right. I wouldn't get that lake if you paid me. Oh, so you um, had a lake at Jacobs, but you didn't go swimming in it? No, we had swimming pools. Uh, they were called swimming pools for a reason, I believe. It was um, also so, like, but it was a lake, but but to give you an idea, like I don't run very far when I run, and I could run around that lake multiple times. I think all oh, of the campers okay. had to run around it, so you know, some might call it a pond or. I mean, it was a decent <laughs> enough sized lake, but it like was. I don't think I, I'm not a an expert in water sports per se, uh, I don't think you could water ski on it. Like, I don't okay. think it was long enough that you would have been able to get a good, like, head of steam going before you would have had to turn before around. Before you would crash but into a cabin. That's right. But that's not why we didn't swim in it. In my opinion, we didn't right. swim in it because I believe the sewage lines for the camp went underneath it, and I'm pretty sure they cracked on occasion, mm-hmm. and therefore I believe it was toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was or not, that's definitely sort of camp legend, I would say. So yeah, we didn't we didn't get in that lake. <laughs> we All were right. Canoe on it, you could fish. But anyway, sorry, I don't even so, know what. But but we digress a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so long story short, I started going to camp in 1989, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Judy was the reason because she got my sister to go to camp, and then after I went to my real the other camp, um, my parents picked me up, and then we went to go pick up. Um, Andrea from camp and she just like talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about <laughs> she you know her she talked yeah. about, about um Gucci and then at the end of that five-hour car ride home I was like screw that camp with the lake and the horses I'm going to Gucci where I am going to be forced to spend an hour a day learning Hebrew <laughs> and talking about um you know our moral code awesome but, and was your yeah. other camp was it a Jewish camp also it was not. Regular... I mean, it was it was heavily populated by Jews, but it didn't have like a Jewish um, lean to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Was it co-ed? You know, I can't remember. I don't. We even... were young, so it probably I was young. Wasn't... Like I don't. I don't think I cared. Yeah. No. <laughs> Maybe no. I don't know. What That's age it. do you think you start caring about there being an opposite sex at camp? Well, it's funny. I mean, sometimes uh, never because, you know, it it just sort of depends on, like, who you enjoy being friends with and what activities you're interested in. And then, like, also who, like, suddenly you have feelings in parts of your bodies that you have never had feelings in before. And then, like, who do you want to rub that up against? Um, (laughs) So some people, you know, like, when that starts happening, they're like, and can't help but notice the other sex and then some people are like oh they're here but like I don't actually care about that very much and I wonder (laughs) what that's all about um but you know I actually my other camp must have been all girls because I definitively remember being friends with the boys Mm. the first summer that I went to Gucci and I don't know that I actually like cared about boys right um but I remember like it being really fun to be friends with the boys yeah yeah Super interesting. So, in how many years did you wind up going to camp to Gucci? Forever? Um, <laughs> 10, I think. Yeah, wow. 10, including like being a camper and then staff and all of that. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, how I many was, years I, were you on staff? I thought you were going to be like, how many years too long? And I was like, oh, definitely one. <laughs> one summer too long. Um, I was on staff for three years. Three years. Yeah. All right. Not including and- Avodot, which I don't know if you talked about that. We have, but we can remind like people that's the, what what some camps would might refer to as like a CIT or when you basically at at our camp you pay money 
to clean the toilets and wash the dishes and um and it's usually the best summer you have at camp it's like the first foray into staff life but you're still sort of caught between the two camper staff worlds good summary it kind of it kind of yeah, reminds good. me. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me a little bit in that way of sort of parenthood when you say it like that, Judy. Because if you say it, just sort of the logistics of it, it <laughs> sounds like why in God's name would anyone ever sign up to do this? Uh, and I That's unfortunately right. did not get to do Abu Dhabi, uh, but uh, it seemed like it was awesome. Everybody that I knew that did it had a wonderful time, and I would imagine that it was the best summer. Uh, even though you were working your ass off and not making money and paying for the privilege, et cetera. It, it was Yeah, great. I had the best time. And um, how did you like being a counselor? Uh, the first two summers that I was a counselor, I loved, loved, loved it. And then the third summer that I went back, I wasn't planning on going back. And then two of my very good friends were going back and they convinced me and I then I, you know, I called the camp director and I was like, Hey, can I come back? And he was like, I knew you were going to do this. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And so he gave me a job. And like within the first like two weeks, I was like, Oh, big mistake. I shouldn't have been here. (laughs) Shouldn't have done this. And, um, yeah, that was a rough summer. That was a rough summer. I met somebody who I ended up dating though for the next like six years. And that was a really, um, like a really wonderful relationship and sort of like growing up with someone in that way from when I was like 19 until 25. So that was really cool. That was someone who um, was new at camp you hadn't met before? He had gone first session as an older camper. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know him because yeah, I was a second session. session. Right. Because I was a second session camper. Um, and also, can I just say, like, I heard the part where you were sort of debating on another show, like if first session campers or second session campers <laughs> were cooler. Right. And, um, I mean, definitively at Gucci second session campers were cooler. Like that's not a question. I mean, I hear you you say that that anymore. (laughs) I was a first session camper. And so that just doesn't seem possible. And yet, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So he had been a first session camper, so I didn't know him. Um, and then we met, we're being on staff together. Because he was a year younger than me. Awesome. So so that summer wasn't a total loss then. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Yeah, I got that relationship out of it, which was very cool. Yeah, that's very nice. And Mm -hmm. then um, you recently went back to camp, right? I did. I was there at the beginning of the summer, um, right at the beginning of June. And I did a training for the staff um, about sexuality and camp culture. Uh, which was great and something that even as I was standing in front of the staff talking, I'm thinking in my head like, God, I wish that we had had this when I was a counselor. Yeah. Like all the things. I wish we'd and, had this when I was a camper. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, to be fair, like we just didn't culturally, like countrywide, we just didn't have the language to talk about these things. We didn't know about it. It wasn't, you know, in sort of our public um so, I, don't know what is, but. You, I mean, I feel like we could spend hours just on hearing about that as well. But can you give us the highlights? Like, what were the main themes that you touched on? How did you do it? Did, was it like a camp evening program or was it like a lecture? Uh, oh, I, no. You know, so everything that I, I've taught thousands and thousands of lessons in my life in school, after school, training programs for adults, uh, workshops for parents. And every single one of them is structured after the way that I learned to write um, programming at camp. So it's never lecture. There's always like small group breakouts, (laughs) discussion, you know, share, and then we share and then, you know, we're moving around the room. Like it's never, um, we're never just sitting down and listening. Also, like nobody wants to listen to me for that long, but, um, so we did, yeah, I mean, I structured it the way that they would then be structuring their educational programming later Mm -hmm. in the summer. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we talked a lot about how, like, Camp is inherently a gendered place, right? We have boys' cabins and girls' cabins, and that's, at, at least at Gucci, um, that's not going to change anytime soon. But within the framework of that, how can we create the most inclusive place possible um, for so, all of the unique sexual identities that are that will be arriving at camp very soon? Can I ask a question about that? Well, first, I have mm-hmm. a preliminary question, which is, so you were talking just to staff, and did that include Avoda? Yes, they were there. So, okay, so basically we're talking like kids who are, not kids, I mean they're the counselors, but like 18 to 
24, 25 I think the ish. oldest was, yeah, 24, yeah. 25. Okay. So um, I wanted to ask about what you just said because I talked to someone recently who does some work with our camp and said that, and maybe this was after you were there even, that, that it seemed like they were making a shift or trying to make a shift to saying, instead of saying, you know, all right, boys head to the boys area, girls head to the girls area, everyone who lives in the who lives in the boys area go to the boys area even though it's still called the boys area is that something that you help them with well so i didn't uh i don't know that i named that specifically but we we brainstormed well first of all let me just say that the camp director jeremy Klotz, who we all know and love um who we grew up with he it is a huge priority for him to make sure that gucci is a safe inclusive and um really fun experience for every camper who sets foot um, on the camp. So we brainstormed a lot of different ideas for how we can create spaces that are inclusive for everybody in our cabins, in our units, camp-wide. And so, you know, one of the ideas that they came up with was, um, and you guys have talked about this, I think that the oldest unit does this project, so they do like a musical every year, and that historically it's always been that girls try out for girl parts and boys Mm. try out for boy parts, and some of the counselors were like, why? Like, why do we have to do that? Why can't people just try out for the part that they want the most? Yeah, Yeah. there were definitely girls with deeper voices than I had when I was (laughs) 10 Right, exactly. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I didn't, I just sort of led the discussion, but the counselors, Uh the staff are the ones who really came up with the good ideas. Um, And so we recorded all of them on big poster, of course, right? Like, (laughs) um, and, uh, and then they kept them up and to, to use them to try to create some programming. And let me ask you a question, Lindsay, because (laughs) I, in my mind, I have all these jokes running uh, and I, but I like also, what? like, I want to be since, <laughs> well, I'm thinking like, so they just did Rocky Horror Picture Show every year for, uh, for project from now on. But that's because, such a great idea, right? Like, why right? not? <laughs> okay. So, but I'm like, I, because I want to be respectful, uh, of everything, but uh, some of it is amusing. And I don't mean amusing in the sense of like, it's amusing trying, I mean, it is somewhat amusing how many different things need to be redefined Mm -hmm. that you don't think about, like the boys area, the girls Mm -hmm. area. And I can so easily imagine a bunch of, uh, you know, Trumpkins uh, being like, (laughs) duh, really, we gotta do this? Like, that's so stupid. It is important, but I also feel like it's so, I mean, in the same way that I'm struggling right this moment talking Mm -hmm. about this, like, Mm It's so hard to be respectful, but also know like it is okay to either make jokes about things or it's that you're not going to get it right every single time and that your your heart can be in the right place and you can mm-hmm. still end up doing something super offensive. Yeah, uh, you know. it happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. And I think it really is like, you, you know, of course they say like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So mm-hmm. good intentions aren't enough, but but also like, saying out loud, I'm trying my best. And if I mess up, just let me know. And I, and I will apologize and hopefully, and you, maybe you'll try to, to uh, teach me how to fix it. Um, and like, not to get like too far into the weeds about this. Um, is that a golf thing? Weeds? In, in the weeds? Like, in I, the like weeds? I know it from like waiting tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think like, it must, it like must come from golf. I think you're probably right. Oh, I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. It just, uh, that well, just this is a pretty sports savvy podcast. So uh, <laughs> I don't. Know. Yeah, well, I mean, I figured you would technically like speaking, you know, yeah, if you're playing golf and you hit it, you know, in the rough, you could end up in the in high the grass. And that's and like the a, weed. Yeah. yeah, and that's like a thing I say Except, at work all the time. Like this is a very weedy question or weedy yeah. issue. But like, what does that mean? I don't know. That's I mean, I know I mean, what it means. I know no how to one use has it. Ever <laughs> used that the way you just used it? Really? Oh, you can come to my work. People use it. I've never heard someone say. This is a little weedy. I mean, oh I've probably gosh. heard that in other contexts. <laughs> At my work, I'm people use it all it. the time. Now, we should clarify that Judy uh, is working on uh, passing medical marijuana, so it's not a big deal <laughs> for her to say this is a little weedy. I'm not. But, okay, go on. In the <laughs> okay. weeds. It would be helpful for teachers. But anyway, yeah. um, so... You know, if we think about it, just starting from, and this is something that we that I talked about. You know, we just sort of like brainstorming things that are 
that are decided in our lives by our, like, by our genitals, by our biological sex, so like what you have between your legs. And then what is decided by our expectations of the kind of person that you're going to be based on what's between your legs. And of course, Mm. there's like three things that are decided by your genitals. And even those sometimes, like not always, Um, right? Like if you don't have a uterus, you're never going to carry a baby for nine months and like poop it out. But um, (laughs) I assume that's how that works. It's it's pretty close. Close? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that's how it feels. Um, (laughs) But also like there are plenty of you know, people walking around with like really beautiful uteruses who are, are not going to get pregnant and poop out a baby. Right. Um, so, so in that way, you know, most of our lives are defined by these expectations that are placed on us. Like the minute we're born and like a perfect stranger looks between your legs and is like, Oh, that's a baby penis and testicles. Like I'm going to check boy on this birth certificate. That's a baby vulva. I'm going to check girl on this birth certificate. And then like everything in your life is decided by that. And so if we can sort of accept like how can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. If we can accept how like fucking absurd that idea is, I think it really helps to move forward and be like, oh yeah, wait, all of this stuff that we have decided is like okay for boys to do, but not for girls to do, or is okay mm-hmm. for girls to do and not for boys to do was decided by a check mark on someone's birth certificate, like a half a second after they were born. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And then it really opens up the conversation to, to you know. So I feel up. like, Lindsay, I feel like, and maybe I'm misreading this conversation, but I feel like what we're mostly talking about now is transgender. Oh, but are you also talking about just sort of alternative lifestyles in general? Like if you're making camp a safe space for if you're gay, if you're lesbian, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just wanted to make that clarification. Yeah. So for all, right. And the conversation that we had was, was about creating a safe and really fun and enjoyable experience for all of the unique sexual identities. So for sexual orientation, for gender identity, for gender expression, all that good stuff. And it definitely includes gender identity and gender expression, like how we feel about the expectations that have been placed on us and how we sort of show the world how we feel about that. And it's not a dichotomy. It's not like I was born this way and I accept every single expectation that was heaped upon me or I was Mm -hmm. born this way and I reject all of them and I feel more comfortable with all the other expectations. There's like everything in between, Mm -hmm. right? right? And so we want to, so it's not just about being cisgender, which is just not being transgender, right? Like identifying the way it, with the body that you were born with. So it's not just about being cisgender or transgender. It's like all of the different opportunities and expectations that we have in between those two things um, for gender. And then also all of the ways that we can feel attraction and rub our bodies up against other people. So, so if I Which can... you shouldn't be doing it, Kate. Well, so that's or exactly what I was going to ask. Staff. No, but that's what I was going to ask is how much of your time when you were working with those staff members, how much of your time were you talking about these types of issues and like making campus safe space versus talking about like the other sort of the other piece of this which is how a lot of us remember our camp experience and like just kids who want to talk about sex and learn about sex and sneak out of their cabin and experience sex or whatever close as close as they can get to experiencing sex and how as a counselor you should handle that yeah so that unfortunately was not part of my (laughs) talk like I only had an hour and a half and okay. I wish that I could, like, I could have done an entire day on, on camp and, you know, yeah, on, like, well, sexuality and culture. We've saved that for this episode. We'll just play this next year for, uh, for summer <laughs> staff orientation. Totally. And then I'll just do, I'll do the, the other part. Um, yeah, so I didn't get to talk about that, but that's okay. such a huge part of being at camp is, like, just sort of exploring relationships in what seems to be like a safer space, I think for a lot of people than doing it at school or like in your community at home where right. your parents are <laughs> and like maybe other <laughs> adults who know you really well, you know? Well, it, and, and it does seem like a safer space. It also creates uh, many often unfortunate opportunities to learn from other relative you know basically kids who don't know much more than you do and often share misinformation um and there's there is a lot of that at camp as well yeah I mean I think back to some of the stuff that other girls in my cabin 
quote unquote taught me. And uh-huh. I'm like, first of all, like, how did you know that? Cause we were the same age. And like, that makes me as an adult now concerned about what was happening at your, in your home life, like the, the rest of the year. But then also like, no, half the time, like they didn't know anything. And they were just like, Oh yeah, I heard this, th-, you know, like my cousin told me and it's just like wildly untrue. And then also I had counselors um, who very inappropriately like talked really explicitly about sex. And I remember even at the time being like, okay, this is interesting, but like, should you really be doing this? Right. Like, I don't Right. So it's it's funny that you say that because uh, I've I've heard a rumor over the years that that someone I'm very close to we'll just leave it at that uh, <laughs> may may have been the uh, instructor of some of those talks uh, perhaps teaching uh, girls in her cabin uh, the techniques let's say to uh, to please. Uh, a lover uh, in some form or fashion. So um, without naming names, I will say that that person uh, <laughs> was definitely a counselor of mine. And I definitely um, was privy to a lot of information. Okay, so let me just say that is outstanding <laughs> because I was actually talking about a different camp where I was thinking that this took place. So, but she was well, a counselor it, at multiple camps, right? So, right. I don't know no, that I'm that, saying so. She, someone's got to spread the word. <laughs> She's a sharer. <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> so, I had I had two counselors who, when I was the summer I was going into ninth grade, we did these little lights out programs. They were called. So, when the kids were like going to sleep, a counselor would come and read a book or sing a song or tell a story or just talk or whatever. And so for one lights out program, uh, there were these two counselors and I know exactly who they are who came to my cabin and read us a book called cucumbers are better than men. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And and, and you can, you can, so I was going into ninth grade. So 14. Uh, I I could buy that. As an unlicensed sex professional, that seems all right. (laughs) Uh, I do not think. So when a book includes things like, so so you can find, (laughs) I believe, this book on Amazon if anybody's looking for a gift. Um, For a 13-year-old. Right. It says things like, a cucumber won't make you sleep on the wet spot. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my God. I think I was like 21 before I knew what the wet spot was. (laughs) So, like, I'm sure we're all like, oh, that's hilarious. What does that mean? Yeah. And then you're like, who who do I think in my cabin might know what the wet spot is? Right. Like, who can I ask about this? Oh, and I'm pretty counselors. sure in that cabin, I think no one is the answer. Looking back. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I want to, I want to, I don't mean to play a game of one's up, one-upsmanship here. But, uh, but you're going but, to. Go on. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And someone feel free to try to top this. Uh, I was, I think, going into eighth grade, if I'm not mistaken, at Jacobs and had a counselor who was from New York. Somehow that seems relevant to this discussion, who taught us one night, let's call it an evening, uh, a lights out program, okay. uh, where he taught us what a pearl necklace was. Oh, my oh. God. Wait, like in detail? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't show us. How old Although, frankly, I wouldn't put that past him. Uh, I guess I was 13, probably. Too young is the answer. I was too young. In your your 13-year-old brain, were you like, oh, I'm going to do that someday? Or were (laughs) were you like, he's making that up? Like, there's no possible way that real-life people do that? Or like, he's just yanking my chain? Here's here's how I remember. I I, I don't know. This has to be true because I don't know why I would remember it otherwise. Uh, as we've discussed on this podcast before, I am the camp director's son, right. uh, and so therefore I, I sort of have, uh, you know, a little bit of knowledge of what is and is not okay uh, to be happening mm-hmm. on the campgrounds. And I remember as a 13-year-old, my reaction was, "Oh, there's no way he should be telling us this." <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, and there, is, there's absolutely no no chance that this is appropriate for us <laughs> right. to be hearing. You were probably not the only one thinking that. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I, for, like, we we didn't give campers enough credit for being like, you are definitely crossing a line here. <laughs> like, this is not okay. Yeah. yeah. 
I there feel was like a... entering night entering high school ish to me seems like where it would in my mind start to be more acceptable for counselors to be tr- you know tiptoeing the line on discussing sexual stuff with their campers and so wrong then, right what do you think I, panel discuss. i want to hear no i want to hear Lindsay's thoughts because she is the expert well, I gotta say, like, as a, I'm, not, I am not a prude by any means. Like, I talk about sex all day, every day. I, granted, like, I have a master's degree and I'm like trained to do this, <laughs> but I just don't think that that's appropriate. I don't think those counselors know. They don't know dick. Like, they don't know enough to be saying the right things at the right time in the right way. So I just, yeah, I, I vote no. I mean, so, mm. I, so I agree with that. I also think, I mean, my sort of um, lay person's perspective was just more thinking about our conversation about camp as a safe space. Those mm-hmm. conversations can put a lot of pressure on someone to like think that they're supposed to be behaving in a certain yeah. way. And like, oh, if I don't think that's cool, I'm doing something wrong. Or if I haven't done that yet, there's something right. wrong with me, which is the exact opposite um, message I think that we want counselors to send campers. And I think there's a difference between like a counselor just like saying, hey, I'm going to read you this inappropriate book or teach you this crazy thing versus when a camper comes to a counselor and says, hey, I have a question. Can I talk yeah. to you about this? Yeah, yeah, I think proactively that probably is a bad idea. But in terms of like if somebody is proactively asking you at the counselor a question. Right. Yeah, even then I'm a little bit on the fence about that. One new, I mean, I think that they have at camp now, I mean, they have social workers on yeah. staff. Now, I've worked with plenty of social workers who have like zero background in sexuality. <laughs> and so that's maybe not that much better, but at least they're adults and sort of recognize boundaries and, and understanding when to not wade too far into a question that they don't know the answer to. Um, but even that, like, I would love to see camps recognize that they have this captive audience of mm-hmm. young people, mm-hmm. ca- campers and counselors uh, alike, who are so desperate for this information. And like, you have them there for four weeks. So like, take a couple hours and provide some kind of sex education. And especially at like a Jewish camp, then you have also have the opportunity to weave in all of these like moral codes that you want right. these young people to take away and grow up with. Um, which I think is it's such a missed opportunity. And I would, I'm, I don't know. I'm, gonna I'm laughing it. about that. I'm laughing about that because I feel like the Jewish camps stereotypically <gasps> are like the sluttiest camps. Totally. Oh my God. I <laughs> well, agree. Well, and, and I wonder thing, like, no, go ahead. Well, I think, you know, age appropriate um, experimentation is great. And sort of the homogeneity of camp, I think, makes that sort of a more comfortable and accessible place to to do some of that stuff. Um, And, like, everybody knows that it's happening. So especially with the staff, like, everybody – people work at camp so that they can hook up. Like, that's, like, the primary reason that you're a counselor at camp. I mean, Micah, like, right? Like Yes, 100%. I was literally just talking about this to someone (laughs) last week. They were asking me about, like, what was the most important thing about going to camp or whatever. And I was like, uh, to get laid. Yeah. Period. Or to, that, was or the, just... that was the only thing on the list. That was the entire list as a staff member. That right. was why you went. And even if you knew that that wasn't going to happen, it was, like, just to get, like, a little bit closer than maybe you would have at home. And so if we know that, that like, that is – that's happening, that's, like, all around, let's engage some people in some conversation. But – you know, nobody's asking me except for you guys. <laughs> we are, and we're going to put this out there and fully support it. No, I, th- I think it's great. Um, and I and I think you had a much more positive spin on it than I was thinking about. Like, how do you walk that line between sending messages about sort of Jewish values and um, I, and, and Jewish values? Like, that's a term that I don't even know if there is a Jewish value about sex and sexuality or what. Be what fruitful that would and be. multiply. Well, right. I believe is the um, Jewish value. <laughs> like double mitzvah if it's on Shabbat. That's right. And, and, right? Like, and the fact that Jewish camps truly do exist in part to create like Jewish spouses Jewish and right more Jewish babies. So. Yeah. My dad always called it inventory. Nice. Inventory. That's hardcore. Well, it's cult leader. Uh, <laughs> right, um, I've heard you say that. So, Lindsay, let me ask you this because, yeah. all right. 
when I was a camper, uh, only like the cream of the crop, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, in like the oldest unit, were the ones who were like getting somewhere sexually. Mm-hmm. By the time I was a counselor, that seemed like it was no longer the case. Like I had a camper who was a super nerd that mm-hmm. totally got an HJ on a bus <laughs> on a bus ride. <laughs> And I remember all of the staff was like, that, what? Like, that is ridiculous. No, mm-hmm. there's no way that kid should be getting an HJ. Forget age appropriateness. Like, that, he's yeah. just not, that's not cool. I'm curious, you're in, the, you're in the profession, like, it seems to me like kids are getting more and more sexualized earlier and earlier with the internet and whatnot. Do you think that that is the case at camp? Or is it still sort of the same progression is it still generally speaking the same kinds of things that are happening at the same age um all right so let me just start by saying that we are uh all of us are god's creatures and we're all sexual (laughs) beings and like everybody deserves a handy from time to time and if you can get it on a bus more power to you um no i would say i think that i don't think that things have changed very much i mean you know, I haven't spent a summer at camp in a really long time, but I can just sort of speak to like what's happening with teenagers in general. Um, and actually, like this generation of teenagers are they're not they're like not hooking up. They're not having sex. Um, really? Yeah, as often. <laughs> Why? No, Why? I'm, well, no, I'm, I'm no, but super you know, curious. it's so funny. I think about that too, and I'm like, I mean, I feel like. It, some people in my field might not agree, but sometimes I look at these teenagers, like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So like, you know, late adolescence. And I'm like, you're never going to look as good as you look right now. Like, why are you wasting this time? Um, There are a lot of reasons. People are pointing to a lot of different things like social media and sort of it's like helicopter parenting um, that they're, you know, just sort of not used to like making these decisions on their own. And there's so much like, this is a generation of kids that grew up after 9-11. So there was just Mm -hmm. a lot of... um, anxiety around, you know, just sort of being a human being on the planet. Um, and so that doesn't that usually lead to more sex. It did for the, um, the, the group that were like a childbearing age right after it happened, but not the kids who were just born or really small while they, and like growing up during that. And then there's also like, you know, the ubiquity of porn. Um, so that, you know, like on average kids see porn around like, age 11 for the first time wow. and so most yeah, of the time is, yeah right so most of the time but most of the time it's on accident so it's not the same as like when we were young and it was like you went looking for it <laughs> you know you were like you knew like the one kid on your block whose dad kept his playboy like under the mattress whatever and you would like plan and plot and like make sure the parents were out usually it's kids like Googling something about puberty and then they end up like at a porn site and then they're like three mm-hmm. clicks away from seeing something that they can never ever unsee. But like then that, you know, piques some sort of curiosity and then you're like, wait, what was that website? Um, so, but the ubiquity of porn also like just sort of strips a lot of the mystery from sex. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, 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 sex, we get it. Like, it's fine. It's like not that cool. Um, so I would be, I don't have an answer to your question, but I would be actually be really interested to sort of see what is happening at camps these days and if maybe like the like bubble of camp actually creates a space where uh kids who wouldn't normally be hooking up at home are like oh in this little bubble this is a different time and place and we can do this and where there's no screens and like people aren't sitting on the internet and yeah exactly where they're like actually having face-to-face contact and have to like charm each other with their personalities that's right yeah. Whatever personalities, Lindsay. I want to start a Kickstarter to get you uh, one of those like uh, focus group transparent mirrors in a cabin. Yeah, that's great. Oh, wow. So that you can just do some some studying out in the field, like, that, like anthropology. Talk about seeing things that you can't unsee. I don't know <laughs> that I would want that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure I could collect some really rich data. <laughs> That'd be great. Can I just go back to like inappropriate counselor thing for a minute? Yeah, sure. this is this just popped into my head. When I was a counselor, um, there was a a counselor or a b- group of of boys who had like the oldest boy cabin, and the counselors. So we all had themes for our cabins, right? Okay. And like, so and this is one of the things that we talked about when I was just at camp about like 
okay, so male, you know, cabins that have boys in them, like your, um, your cabin theme doesn't have to be something like big swinging dicks, right? Like it can be a little bit less like, <laughs> like masculine than that. Um, and same thing for regular females. sized swinging dicks. That's <laughs> just right, mediocrely like, sized, appropriately sized swinging dicks. It's the motion of the ocean, maybe like something more <laughs> like that, right? So, but when I was a counselor, these guys, their cabin theme for the oldest boys' cabin was Dirty Sanchez. <gasps> Stop uh, it! I, what? Yeah, and there was not a single other like near adult or adult like staff member like. Maybe some of like the like maybe the nurse or like the rabbis or something new and they just didn't say anything. But yeah. There's four, no way no rabbis way. know what a dirty sanchez is. Yeah. So for four weeks there and I didn't know what it was. And and they like created this whole character who was like a who's like a spy or like a detective or something. And yeah, dirty sanchez. So um But this is when later, you were a counselor. I was a counselor. Okay. Yeah, and I think I was a counselor of like the middle. Can you imagine eight, like, if you are a guy who was in that cabin and looking back on it, you were like, "Oh my god!" I'm sorry, can you, you imagine a, if you are a parent <laughs> dropping your kid off at camp and seeing that as a cabin theme? I'd be like, "Get in the car, we're going home." <laughs> but this was in the days before Urban Dictionary. You know, it was probably a lot more difficult right. to before the forty-year-old different... virgin, right? When sure, right. right? I mean, it's true. Like, not a single other person at that camp who should have known knew, and it just was there all summer long. And then, like fifteen years later, I am having a conversation with Jeremy, who is now the director of Gucci. And he was like, can you believe that those guys got away with that? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, 15 years later, we're still talking about it. Do you guys remember who it was, who those counselors were? Oh, I know. Well, I know who. (laughs) Oh, I know who two of – I know there were three, and I know who two of them were for sure. Yeah. And is one, like, a senator now or something? (laughs) A senator? Do we have a senator? No, we have someone who's on um, the New York City Council, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have anybody who's uh, a senator. Oh, actually. he's in my district. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Lander. Brad, yeah, I want to talk to Brad Lander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out. Yeah, he's... Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Brad Lander. We'll get you on the podcast at some point. But he, um, Jacob he has was not a, a counselor then, so. Jacobs has <laughs> so. a mayor. Uh, Shep Harris is a Ooh. mayor of, of a town in Minnesota. Wow. Shout out Shep Harris. What's up? Yeah. Brad Lander also very involved in Planned Parenthood, so he may or may not have known what Dirty Sanchez was. I don't know. Um, but it was <laughs> not Brad so Lander. Inappropriate, and yet I'm also like, man, good for you guys. Like, I know. I'm like, give them a high five to this day for for getting that past everybody. Totally. I'm like begrudgingly respectful of that. That's right. Don't don't hate the player. Hate the game. I That's mean, right. <laughs> That's right. But so I – I am having this conversation like with the with Jeremy at a bar and I'm like texting one of the counselors and I was like, "Oh my god, did this really happen?" and he was like, "Oh yeah." I mean, I it, yeah, I can't believe that That's that pretty happened crazy. and nobody else knew. Yeah. But awesome. you uh, Judy, you know who they are and you would not be surprised if I told you. Okay, so when we're done recording, you're going to tell me and yeah. Uh, yeah, God, that's awesome. I'm really obstructing here. <laughs> I sort of really want to put them on blast because no, no, I feel no. like the audience wants to know. But, no, because yeah. they've grown up. They wouldn't do it now, even if they're still like they're listening to this and they're like, yeah, we got away with yeah. that. No, they're yeah. like real people. Well, hey, it's I'm, like real I'm jobs. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, at this point we should probably uh, move on into our Campfires and Color Wars questionnaire. This is uh, five short, uh, short topics of conversation to get – your background, Lindsay. Uh, right. Title still pending. Uh, number <laughs> one, what was your first or or best camp kiss experience? Um, my uh, actually my first camp kiss experience was also my best. Hmm. Oh. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, do I have to like tell the story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, just um, that. That's all we want. We don't. <laughs> This is, this is not a storytelling podcast at all. You can uh, share as much detail as you want. That's right. Um, it was after an evening program, and it was with somebody who I had uh, had a cr- not. It wasn't a crush. I was like deeply, deeply in love, um, and it was real. And um, it really was though. And uh, so we, and it had been going on for like two years like from afar like Your I, love like for I knew him. and he yeah yeah and also his love for me but like 
nothing ever we never like consummated anything was this um, like a ross and rachel thing oh. more about like a jim and pam like the timing was never right but right you always like also... he was gonna ask you out on the shabbat walk but someone had just asked you yeah or probably not someone had just asked me <laughs> Like, probably someone had just asked him. Because um, he was really cool, and I thought he was so cool, but I was also, like, really, really intimidated hmm. um, by him. And so, anyway, it was after an evening program, and we were standing under um, Cabin 18, which is a cabin that um, people who live in the boys' area live in. And um, and we kissed. And it was so great. And then I went back to the girls' area, and I was, like, brushing my teeth in the bathroom. And my friend Tamara was like, oh, my God, did blah, blah, blah just kiss you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, with tongue? And I was like, yeah. And what age was this? so cool. And inside, like, I was dying. I was in eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Yeah. Nicely done. Um, all right, number two. Uh, what was the best performance you ever – were a part of at camp, a talent show or a, or a project, perhaps your finest performance. I don't think I was in anything. I always signed up for like the activities that did not require you to get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, art, sign me up. <laughs> Tennis done. Um, and in project, I was always like second, loser to the right like I never they never I never got a part where like they trusted me with any kind of responsibility um, uh, Judy I and I will say. still talk to you I mean even though we were both leads like it's, I know this is a lot of pressure and like I kind of I knew that you were maybe going to ask this question I was like shit I don't have anything to say do you remember like, I, okay I, okay so let's what do you remember a favorite performance that you watched at camp yeah oh okay, okay I remember one summer perhaps all of the pajama the... game perhaps <laughs> I wasn't no, there she the wasn't there because that was the summer I went for a session but okay go on I just think she heard about it sorry go ahead. <laughs> yeah that's true um we did Greece one of the summers that I was uh in project and nice. I it was probably great I, yeah I sure. don't know I don't know <laughs> um you were there I remember when uh what? you were there when I think when Bare Naked Ladies performed at camp. Yes, so I was. That counts, by the way. That was exciting. I was working in the kitchen. Nice. And then every, they were like, hey, you guys should come out of the kitchen. Something cool is happening. And we were like, I'm sure something cool is happening. <laughs> and then something cool really did happen. Um, yeah, so that's it. I would say Bare Naked Ladies. That I was great. I referenced that this week uh, on the on Facebook because uh, Modest Yahoo performed. Oh, yeah. uh, his kids go to a camp in, in Pennsylvania and he came out and uh, and sang uh, and performed, and I was like, "Hey, shout out uh, Bare Naked Ladies!" Nice. Were you there, Micah? You weren't there. I was not, but I've just heard. Let's just be very clear: who was there and who <laughs> wasn't right. there. Judy and Lindsay were there. No, Micah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. there. Judy was there. No, that's when you went first. Judy session. and Andrea were at Jacobs in Mississippi, <gasps> and we called you on the phone, and we were like, Shut "Is it true?" Up. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, okay, so, yeah, I do it. remember that. Yeah, oh, I was I, I felt I was about to make a joke about some traveling song uh, song leader that came to Jacobs and how that would have been just as good, but uh, we all know that's not true. No, 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 no. no. Um, okay. All right, number three. What was your most embarrassing moment at camp? Hmm. I mean, I don't embarrass very easily. Like, I generally just like kind of don't give a fuck, um, and I've just all like been lucky enough to to always be like that. But, um, okay, so I, well, the summer that we worked um, in Avoda, and we were working in the kitchen, and we had to um, drain all of the deep fat fryers. Yeah, it's a disgusting job. And so it's actually not that bad. Like, you drain all of the oil into milk crates that are lined with, like, really heavy garbage bags, and then you tie up the garbage bags. And then we loaded all of the milk crates onto the back of a pickup truck, and we drove the pickup truck down to the end of camp property, and then we were just dumping the oil. And that's what we were told to do. And then we were just dumping the oil. That can't, um, that can't be a good idea. Yeah, like, down at the end of the soccer field. Right. And then, and then, so then we were just, like, dumping the oil into this, like, big area where, like, clearly a lot of oil had already been dumped over the years. And so I was handing the milk crates 
to this guy and he was like taking them off of the um, back of the truck and dumping them out. And one of them, like he picked it up and flipped it over and it dumped the oil like all over me from top to bottom. Oh my God. Are we talking like Carrie style? Yes, exactly. Except for with oil that like fish sticks have been fried in. Oh my God. This oil is like, let's not understate how gross it is. I mean, I know you're saying it's not that bad, but when I clean the deep fat fryer or whatever it's called, I never wanted to eat the fried chicken or French fries at camp again. Never, never. It was so disgusting. No, it's like got, it's like grizzly and it's yeah. gross. Yeah. So the the fact that like that got dumped all over me was not embarrassing because it wasn't my <laughs> fault. Like he messed up, but it did, it wouldn't come off. I showered oh my God. Like, three times a day for like an entire week, and every time I walked into a room, people would be like, <laughs> "Like Someone what bring is that?" <laughs> No, yeah, like I just smelled like fried food for like a week, and I would be like, "I'm sorry, I shower." And people were like, "Can you like shower again?" And it like wouldn't come out my hair. And like, my hair was super greasy. Oh my god, it was so gross. That's now, so just out of through. curiosity, uh, showering on Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Uh, is that something you do a lot or not very much? Never. Because because you're kibbutz, just gonna get so gross again. Yeah. I was gonna say because uh, kibbutz at Jacobs, I seem to recall, and again, I didn't do that either. Uh, <laughs> there was not a lot of showering. Uh, that went on. Uh, necessary. Yeah. There's a lot of people in showers, uh, but I don't necessarily think they were showering. But not or, bathing. Yeah, what was that? They lived in the woods, so that was a little different. I was just right. curious if I would, uh... I think we took the, like, well, we could shower or, like, well, we could just jump in the pool. Right, or and we could like, sleep, and it's like you're so exhausted your whole Avoda summer. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, but I could just take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> and especially when you're working in the kitchen because you work every – you're just going to get so gross again. So like, why even like, why waste the water? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's really yeah. an environmental issue. That's right. It's total, exactly. Total You're very conscientious. So yeah. So walking around smelling like fried food for a week, um, that sucked. Yeah. That person right. who dumped, who actually dumped that oil on me went on to become a chef. Nice. By the by. <laughs> yeah. How about that? And that chef's name, Emerald Legano. Um, <laughs> All right, number four, top bunk or bottom bunk? Top bunk, always. Not debatable. <laughs> Judy, you are you're getting shut out here. I'm getting hammered. I still said. stand by. I still. Oh yeah. It, oh, and I have to make a are correction. You of so okay, two corrections now I have to make. One is I think I said on an earlier podcast that part of the reason I did it was because Andrea slept on the bunk above me. Which was totally false, as I was reminded when I saw a Facebook exchange between her and our other friend Carrie that she always slept uh, on the top bunk above Carrie. So I don't know why. I don't know who Shut was. Up. I know. No. So I had this. <laughs> no, but I had this total like lovely memory of like like oh my friend is sleeping on the top bunk and I was on the bottom bunk and we were always paired up. We that was false. That was just like a fiction in my head. Um, I'm like reconsidering your entire relationship. With I know. Andrea. Did you even go to camp, Judy? It's questionable. It's questionable. The other thing that, you know, I have been thinking about this as a convenience and it was there and whatever. Maybe it was that Andrea and I wanted to be on bottom bunks next to each other. No, but Carrie was on the bottom bunk. Anyways, so, but I, I do, it did come back to me recently that part of it was that I did have what one might call an irrational fear that I would fall out of the bed yeah. and break my arm. Yeah. And break your you know, arm. Yeah. I was going to say, that actually, I don't think that's that irrational a fear. That it, seems like a perfectly normal fear. I mean, most people that stay on top bunks are just not pussies like you, <laughs> but it seems like a rational fear. Well, and, but let's, but let's be fair. Pussies are really At tough. At least a little like bit that. fair. Let's just... That, that they're, now, they're now, like you. now there are, exactly, now there are, like the the bars like that you use for toddlers they have those on the top bunk at camps that's there, so smart there was no bar there when we were at camp so i gotta say when we were at camp it was like a public health nightmare <laughs> i mean that our parents dropped us off there and we're like see you in four weeks it's yep. unbelievable to me yeah it's yeah crazy. <laughs> i mean but but and yet and yet i feel like it was better yeah. i mean i know that's well, such yeah. a back in my day oh, kind you're of such thing an old man <laughs> but, but, uh, but I really feel like we didn't wear seatbelts. Like, we didn't wear bike helmets. <laughs> like, would you? Uh, I can't. Uh, it would make my skin crawl to go to a camp that had like all air conditioned buildings and like 
sanitary food. I mean, (laughs) all right, we got to finish up this questionnaire, Micah. All right. Uh, Number five, your favorite curse word or your favorite uh, experience that involved cursing at camp. Uh, I mean, I cursed a lot in my real life. Like I, I, I mostly learned to swear from my mom. So that like cursing at camp was not that big of a deal. Oh, but you know what? I do camp was where I learned the word polygon, which is not a Hebrew curse word. like clusterfuck. <laughs> well, but clusterfuck is a curse word. Yes. So it's also where I learned I learned clusterfuck at the same time that I learned because somebody was like, oh, it's such a polygon, and I was like, what's that? And they're like clusterfuck, and I was like, what's that fucking word? That's amazing. <laughs> I think it's a golf term. And then, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, and then I was like, oh, this is an amazing word because I can use it in real life. Right. And like, nobody's really going to like, like, I'm really going to pull the wool over everybody's eyes because they're not going to know that I'm swearing. Wait, can I just tell you, that makes me think of when I went to Israel in the summer uh, on the, on like the summer trip, you know, you go to Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem or really anywhere in Israel and all the tourist shops. And I totally bought the upside down Hebrew "go fuck yourself" oh my shirt, God. <laughs> and I 100% wore it to school one day yeah, you in know. high school for the exact same reason. I was like, "Did you get busted? I'm gonna get away from this. No one's gonna tell." Uh, and you walked in, and your teacher was like, "You need to go change." <laughs> Uh, I think I probably chickened out very early and had a jacket and zipped it up. Um, but in my mind, that was how it was going to play that out. That was a baller like, move, huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So we are at um, the segment on our show that uh, I like to call Roses and Thorns. Um, it goes by many names. Michael will call it Bitches and Roses. Um, but we're going to call it Roses and Thorns because I'm introducing it. So, um <laughs> Well, I've already corrected him for using the word pussy as a derogatory word. So bitches as a <laughs> negative word also not okay. I already did apologize earlier in this podcast for accidentally saying <laughs> one. So I feel like I'm I'm covered for whatever I say the rest of the okay. show. That's how that works, right? Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Lindsay, would you like to go first? Uh, sure. Um, do you have to do the bad one before the good one? Whatever order you want. Whatever floats uh, your boat. Well, I will say this. I am leaving to um, go to the beach for a week tomorrow morning. So I don't think I have any thorns. Wow. Thorns. That's like, awesome. let, everything is Everything is coming up roses. Awesome. For living. Yeah. Yay. Um, I know. I'm leaving all my thorns behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my rose. Um, so I bought a pair of uh, pants. Uh-huh. A pair, they're white, like really wide leg pants nice. um super super fashiony but like a little <laughs> like one step ahead of where I really am in my life fashion wise <laughs> I was like I'm this and I wore them um with like a really cute black tank top and like some cute black wedges to uh, I know right <laughs> yeah, I'm um to like a pretty cool um restaurant and Guy uh, Fieri's uh place in Times Square Oh my God, God help us all. So I was, I was with a group of people and they had already gone to sit down and then I, but I was like, I was still at the bar and like, wasn't sure where they were. So I stopped at the hostess stand and I was like, Oh, is this group of people, did they, where did they go? And the like super fashionably, fashiony, like model who's working at the hostess stand, she was like, chic as fuck. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. She's like, those pants are so fucking chic. Oh my god! And then the other hostess standing next to her like looks me up and down hardcore, and she was like, "Oh, so fucking chic." Oh my god! And I was like, "What's up?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was my rose. I felt so good. That's awesome. You should about, put that on like that should be on your LinkedIn profile. So fucking chic. Yeah, get them yeah. to. You should you should uh, connect with them on LinkedIn and then have them endorse. <laughs> yeah. you. Have me endorse me can, for wearing yeah. pants that are chic as fuck. So can That's we get right. a picture of you in the pants to post with the podcast? That's the big question. Oh, you bet. That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And can it be like a selfie and your like lips are pursed? Mm, yeah. Oh, like the Mary Kate or Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Micah? You have to wait until after oh. my vacation though. Okay. Oh. Fair enough. That's funny um 
the uh, the shorts that I'm wearing right now are, are fairly chic. I mean, you know, not <laughs> not as fuck, but uh, you know, they're on the spectrum. Uh, so my <laughs> bitch, uh, my thorn, mm-hmm. uh, is I am at the beach right now, actually on vacation. Um, that's not the bitch. <clears throat> the bitch is uh, we drove, and it's uh, 10, 10 to twelve hours with kids uh, in the car. And mm-hmm. so this is our first like really long road trip with the kids. And so we borrowed a friend's DVD players uh, for for the backseat for the kids. And I just it's funny like I I'm not a neurotic person generally speaking, nor do I feel much guilt about most things. But for some reason, I just felt so guilty about letting them watch DVDs the whole way oh, because I went to Jacob's camp where. <laughs> You are not allowed, not, I mean, DVD players, like, that's, you know, that's from the future. We're not allowed to <laughs> listen to headphones of any of music of any kind on road trips. Because my dad's whole thing was the kids should spend time getting, like, talking to each other. That's what you do. You don't go off in your own little world. Um, and so I just felt so guilty letting them watch, uh, you know, a couple of shows and whatnot. Um even though it was outstanding uh, and totally kept them quiet and let us drive, uh, you know, without incident for several hours. Um, and then and then I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, we're going to do this like once or twice a year. I'm sweating, you know, letting them watch DVDs for like 10 total hours a year mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm still feeling <laughs> so guilty about it. But uh, damn, damn that camp upbringing. <laughs> Uh, that is my uh, that is my bitch, and my rose is. I think I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast. My youngest son is two and a half. And he's potty training, and I would like a separate podcast. Uh, I want to start a separate <laughs> podcast. It's just me talking to him while he's pooping on the pot. Nice, because he gives the most descriptive play by play of what's going on, and it's just the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. He's like. Oh, this is a big one, Daddy. <laughs> I poopy, Daddy. Look, there's another one, Daddy. I mean, I'm just—I know it's you know at some point I'm not going to sit in the bathroom with him while he tries to poop, uh, which I probably is a good thing, I would imagine, all things considered. <laughs> but I'm really enjoying it uh, for the time being, and this week he's really starting to get the hang of it. He has not uh, has pooped in his undies uh, once this whole week, so it's pretty right, awesome. Exciting. <laughs> That's great. That's great for him and for you. Neither have I, by the way, for the record. What's that? That's I said, great. neither have I, for the record. <laughs> like nobody praises me for that, but right. okay. <laughs> Good job, Lindsay. We're very proud. That once, uh, once we get going. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um. All right. My, I'm going to do my rose first, which is that uh, my family just got back from our week at what we call family camp. It's actually a family resort, but um, for us, it's our family camp and it's like our happy place and everybody has a great time and it was awesome. This is the third year we have gone and we are very likely to go back for a fourth year next summer. Um, and it was just, it was a great experience, great family time. Um, and my thorn is that, you know, now we have to wait like 51 weeks before we can go back. <laughs> Although it was funny when we were, when we were So it doesn't get any home, easier, huh? <laughs> it's, it's different. It's just different. But um, we were all one of the interesting things about this vacation is that even though we all love it we all come home completely exhausted like everybody in the family all four of us are doing activities from the time we get up until the time we go to bed the kids stay up later than they normally do we stay up later than we normally do um and it's super fun but we don't and we come back rejuvenated but also kind of exhausted and um when we were driving home like five minutes from our house my husband said pose the question to the car like okay guys if someone called and said they they were going to offer us a free week for us to go back to family camp but we had to turn around and go back right now (laughs) would you want to do it and all of us were like no i have to go to bed (laughs) like i need to just sleep for a week (laughs) so um but it, it was great so uh, some other time we'll talk about family camp versus uh, regular camp because it's a whole thing. <laughs> that sounds like a camp that probably has, uh, you know, 
air conditioning and cabins and sanitary right. food. You know what? It's in Vermont, so you don't really need air conditioning. Our windows were open all week. Um, Was there a lake? Yeah, there's a lake with <laughs> actual like water skiing, paddle boarding, kayaking, all kinds of stuff. And then we, and it was safe okay. to swim in. We swam in it. So, but, but was there a pool? There is also a pool, an outdoor oh. one and <gasps> an indoor one. With a water slide? Uh, yeah. Sounds like Were people <laughs> DTF? <laughs> so, so the, um, the, gentleman who runs the place on his tour of the property when he gave us sort of the history and he was telling us um some really actually awesome stories about like his grandparents who founded it and um and showing us some like some paths in the woods and how romantic it is and he said you know one of the great things here is that the kids are with people kids are and grown-ups have time <laughs> together and grown-ups have time together and it really is romantic here and take the time to connect because procreation is our business model. (laughs) (laughs) And did you take that moment to explain to your kids how babies are made? No, it was just grownups on the tour. (laughs) No, they've they've already been on the internet. They know. I was like, this is an appropriate moment. (gasps) No, this is is just a grownups tour. So uh, now let us retire to the Dirty Sanchez mess hall. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... (laughs) I think that's our show for the week. (laughs) Um, Please, if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, please make sure to subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other podcast listening tool we can find. Um, We are also going to post links to this episode, as we do for all episodes, on our social channels. So make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are at Summer Camp Pod. And we welcome your comments on the episode, and we promise to read them all and may even read some of our favorites on a future episode. Um, You can email us with your stories or questions or podcast ideas at summercamppod at gmail.com. That's S-U-M-M-E-R-C-A-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. If you want to hear more from Micah, he's on Twitter at Micah Hart, and he moonlights on Instagram, making fun of words with friends at RejectedWWF. And if you want to hear more from me, I'm also on Twitter at Judy G. Becker, and you can check out my blog about the lives of working moms at JudyGBecker.com. And thank you so much to our guest, Lindsay Fram. I'm in love with Lindsay Fram all over again. Um, <laughs> Lindsay, uh, where can people find you if you want to be found on the internet or anywhere else? Um, I'm at Lindsay Fram on Twitter. And my uh, website is lindsayfram.com. A-Y. L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Not E. E's for losers. Fine. Did we just lose Judy? Oh, no. Did you lose me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think she, I think she was defending EYs. So. I was. I was saying we can post a link so people can find the proper spelling. Um, okay. And they can just go right to your website, and that will be super helpful. Um, but, That's yes, right. I, like, I like the AYs. Uh, I probably am friends with some EYs, too, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, AY is it's chic. <laughs> chic, chic as fuck uh, we'll see you next time on campfires and color wars don't waste a minute Micah don't waste a minute Judy happiness runs in a circular motion thought is like a little boat upon the sea everybody is a part of everything anyway you can have everything if you let yourself be happiness runs happiness